Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, God's Love for Us. This is lesson number three, and in this lesson number three, we're going to continue with the verses that we were talking about in lesson number one. I mean, lesson number two, excuse me, Romans chapter five, verses uh, one through ten. Now, I focus primarily in lesson number two on verses six through ten, and uh, and the the Lord recommending His love for us. And now I want to. All of that was the foundation that Paul said. He gave the foundation after he gave the the work. I want to talk about the first five verses and give some basic principles of the ministry of God's love to us. Now, as I read these verses, it will become very obvious that uh, if you if you pay attention while they're being read, especially these first five verses, uh, you could spend many, many, many lessons on these verses and co- co- trying to cover each of the major points and uh, probably not really do it well. So I am going to see how far I can get <laughs> as the Holy Ghost leads in uh, these first uh, five verses of the work of God's love in us. The, the, the subject of this lesson is uh, the ministry of God's love to this, to us. And I want to start reading with Romans chapter five. I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read all 10 of these verses again and then we'll come back and focus on the first five verses. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto this. This is a, a tremendous synopsis of the principles of the working of God bringing us to him and enabling us to to grow in our in grace and in our knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so that we can come to the end of our faith first Peter chapter 1 which is the salvation of our souls and we can endure unto the end and be saved Okay, so here is the basis for that that we just taught in the last lesson. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventures for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth or recommends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his love, by his blood, which is his love, uh, the shed blood of Christ is the demonstration of the love of God. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more for the reconciled, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by, by the means of his life at work in us. So what is the working of his life in us? Let's go back and begin with Romans chapter uh, 5, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, now, I don't have the time for this today, but I'm recommending you do it right now, that you would stop and just read 
the first four chapters of Romans. Because these verses, uh, chapters, uh, verses one through five of Romans five is a synopsis of, of the condition of man that was given in the first four uh, chapters of Romans and what God did by faith starting in chapter 4 through Abraham to bring uh, the seed of the man Christ Jesus into the earth so that we can be saved. So I don't have time to go into all that. It is awesome, awesome, awesome study and uh, just reading it, reading it in a couple of different translations would be such a blessing to you. Uh, I'm suggesting, or you can do it after this lesson, but you're going to want to come back and hear the lesson again after you've read all that, because the therefore is not the beginning of a thought. Therefore is a concluding thought of what has been said prior to verse 1 of chapter 5. So I'm going to launch into this and hopefully you'll take the time and go back and read those chapters, especially chapters, uh, well, all, all four of them. <laughs> chapters one tells us really how bad off man is, right? Uh, therefore being justified by faith. Now, you know, we are not justified by works. No, that's true. We are justified by faith. But James two says faith without works is dead. What works? Not the good works of man trying to be good and do good and right, but the works of faith which cause me to believe the word of God and do what the word of God says. Can I have faith in God and not have faith in his word? No. Can I have faith in his word and read what it says and then not have enough faith to, to believe I should do what it says? No, if I don't have enough faith to look at the Word of God and see what it says and believe that and want to do what it says, then I don't have enough faith to be saved because that is saving faith. My faith in God causes me to have faith in His Word, which causes me to have faith in what the Word says, which causes my, my faith causes me to want to do what it says, but I try and fail, then I find out I can't do that. I need a Savior. Romans chapter 7, that's Paul's crisis of faith. And you and I all are going to have one, whether we're, we come straight out of no knowledge of God or we're raised in some type of church. Uh, we are all starting at the foot of the cross because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. You can't inherit salvation because salvation's got to be personal with every one of us. We are justified. Now, the uh, the word justified there, and I'm trying not to get too deep in all this because it, it, it each one of these is a lesson that is absolutely some of my favorite stuff to talk about in the whole world. So, it, it, in the Greek... The words just, justified, justification are all from one Greek word, but in that same family of words from that same root word is right, righteous, righteousness. Why? Because justification is the process. Righteousness is the product. And I can only be justified by faith. And what did we read uh, in uh, previous uh, 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 verses on faith in these lessons? That biblical faith is, I trust in, 
cling to and rely upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, I don't have faith in God. I don't have saving faith unless I'm trusting in, clinging to, and relying upon Him. And of course, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So how can I trust in, cling to, and rely on Him if I don't obey the Word of God? And if I fail to obey the Word of God, He has provided the means not only for all the sins I have committed up to the moment that I am born again, a water of the Spirit, but for every sin I will commit hereafter until I leave this life, if I choose to continue to trust in Him. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's what a born-again person does. You first have to be born again, though, to be able to have that work in your life on a daily basis. So, on the foundation, which is the work of the love of God, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believing in Him is trusting and clinging to and relying upon Him, which includes believing His Word and obeying His Word. And so, that's the foundation of this. It's the love of God. Justification by faith is based in the love of God. It's the love of God. Because we have been justified, so obviously this is written to those that are already saved. Already born again of water of the Spirit, that already has a desire to, to, to be a, a, uh, have a relationship with the Lord, to please God, to do His will every day. So Paul is giving us an understanding of how the love of God ministers to us and works in our life so that we can be saved and in this life saved. We have, because we've been justified by faith, the love of God at work, bringing us to God. That's the ministry of reconciliation. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How? Because He he bought our peace by paying the penalty himself with his life and his blood for our sins. So all of that is taken care of. All of our sins are going before the judgment and the blood of Christ demonstrates at the judgment that we're sending it before, all of our sins before, that our sins are, are paid for. They've all been taken care of by His love. By His love. This gives us peace. And He is, He was born the Prince of Peace, not the King of Peace. He was born the Prince of Peace for you and I. Because He said in John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulations. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So the trouble in this life is guaranteed. The peace is only offered. That's why in me you might have peace. He is the Prince of Peace because only you and I can get off the throne of our hearts and put Him, install Him, coronate Him as the King of Peace in our life. So because we're justified by faith, we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom? 
And here's how we have peace. Notice the colon at the end, at the end of the sentence, at the, after the word Christ in verse one. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Now, that is a mouthful right there. You could write volumes and volumes on that phrase right there and never exhaust it because it's all about God and His work in our lives and you can't exhaust the subject of God and you can't exhaust the subject of His work in our lives. But very, very briefly for a moment here, by whom also we have access by faith. After notice, there's two things that happen here. Being justified by faith, reconciled to God, and brought into a relationship with Him that is pleasing to Him, to, to live in and continue to live in that pleasing relationship with Him, we need the peace of God. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Offend them. Thou wilt keep Him in Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Be, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which uh, passeth or surpasseth is superior to all understanding, shall keep, guard, and preserve your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, that's the foundation of our life. We're justified by faith, brought in, reconciled, brought into relationship with God. Peace is the atmosphere of that relationship. That's why Peter said, 1 Peter 3.11, seek peace and pursue it. Because that's the atmosphere of our relationship with God. And that then gives us access by faith into grace so that we can stand. And that phrase stand written by Paul is not just kind of casually in there because he makes a big deal out of standing in Ephesians chapter 6. And he talks about from verse 10 all the way down through verse 20. It's all about standing. It's all about standing. And, and Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.10 talks about his ministry and he says, everything that I am and everything that I do, I'm paraphrasing, is the grace of God at work in me causing this to be. Right. That's why John says of Jesus, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we live from grace to grace, meaning it's supposed to be a progressive. And that's why Peter said, grace and peace be multiplied in, unto you. And, and he started the first Peter five, uh, first Peter one, uh, uh, first Peter with that, the very first part of the first chapter. And he concludes chapter, chapter three of the second Peter with, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All of this is the love of God. So I'm going to tell you again, the love of God, the grace is the love of God by and through the Spirit of God at work in our lives, causing us to will and to do of those things that are pleasing to God. That's the grace of God. The love of God by the agency of the Spirit of God 
working in us, causing us to will and to do of what pleases Him. That is biblical grace. And because of the love of God that uh, was shed, uh, uh, caused the blood of Christ to be shed for us, that love Give, allows us to be justified or to be made innocent. The word, the word righteous, uh, 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 literally is innocence or innocent. And so justification is being made innocent. Now, now nobody that's guilty can be made innocent through doing good. No crime can be paid for by doing good. Nobody that commits a crime goes to jail, serves their sentence and comes out innocent. No matter if you pay your time, you do your time, you still are guilty. The record still says that. But the love of God, by the grace of God, by the blood of God, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, He takes our guilt upon Himself and makes us innocent or righteous. That's called justification. And that puts us in relationship with God so we can, the love of God can then give us peace with God so we are trusting in Him, clinging to Him, relying upon Him, believing and obeying His Word, and repenting when we fail because the love of God empowers us to do that. That's what the last lesson was all about. That then gives us access to, to the grace of God which then is able to empower us to stand and not fall. To stand. And if we fall, to forgive us again, pick us up, put us up, and help us to do. And because we do that, because of all of that, all by the love of God, the ministry of the love of God in us, we can rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, the glory of God is the Greek word doxa, D-O-X-A. And it means it's translated a lot of different ways, but in relationship to God especially, it means the self-manifestation and the self-revelation uh, uh, of God. And as we taught in uh, uh, the introductory lesson to this series, uh, hope, biblical hope, is greater than faith. It's not wishing. Biblical hope is Confident expectation. It's not only knowing, uh, 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 not only uh, uh, believing in the word of someone, but it is believing in the person who spoke the word and having such confidence in them that because of our confidence in them as a person, we are, we have absolute certainty that what they said is going to take place. And so, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, by Christ, we also have access by faith into this working of His Spirit in us, empowering us to do what we cannot do ourselves, called grace, which will enable us to stand in, in ministry and stand in, in, in honoring of Him so that we can rejoice in advance because we have confident expectation that we're going to see God reveal himself and manifest himself in, by, and through us to a lost and dying world. Now, Paul then gives us some of this process to work in us, the work of the love of God, the ministry of the love of God in us, the process of the working of the love of God in us to help us grow in grace in God. Because this stuff is, this is, 
flesh. This doesn't want to hear that there's something it can't do. This doesn't want to hear that it needs to repent because it's never going to be able to be good enough on its own. Doesn't want to hear it. So God in his love is constantly ministering to us. We may not call it ministry, but he does. In bringing us to the place where he can work in us, on us, to us, and then through us. So I'm reading this now, verse 3. But not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. So Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace, John 16, 16:33. In the world you shall have tribulations. Up front, he tells us that. He told Paul, told Ananias, go tell Paul how great things he's going to suffer from my name. The whole idea that God has ever made any kind of commitment to make this heaven on earth for us is a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. And because some believe that, that God's obligated to do that, when he lets tribulations come, they get bitter with God. They get upset with him over that. And that's because they don't know God. They don't know the word of God. They don't know and understand the love of God and what it, the whole purpose of the love of God. And so because they don't know those things and they're in ignorance of God, they get angry with God because things don't go the way they thought they ought to go. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now. At age 74, it's very, 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 Seldom that God ever lets things go even remotely close to the way I'd like them to go or I think they ought to go. And if you're trying to make your life turn out your way, you'd be better off going and standing at the foot of that huge rock called Gibraltar and trying to move it with your shoulder with no equipment. Because you you can move that you can move the rock of Gibraltar using your legs and your own strength and your shoulder pressing on it a millimeter quicker than you can force God to do what you want him to do the way you want him to do it. Because hear me right now, the Bible tells us the moment God gives you your way, he's done. The moment he says, okay, that's what you want. You want it your way? I'm out of here. Have at it. Look at the consequences of every time somebody got their way when it wasn't the will of God. Look at it. So God, in his love, lets tribulations happen in us because tribulation works in us. Going through those times of trial and pressure, and the Greek word ellipsis means pressure, going through those things, it teaches us how to endure in the Lord. How to let the love of God enable us to endure. And the last lesson, again, if God loved us and did all he did while we were his enemies, how much more is he willing to help us make it through all of this by his love now? And as I go through things and God brings me through them and he shows me how much he's, he loves me and he's able to bring me through those that gives me endurance. And endurance works in me 
experience. And experience is growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It tell, I, I'm, I'm learning Him and learning about Him and learning how trustworthy He is in whatever my trials are as I'm going through these things. And then experience produces hope. And like I said before, faith is when I believe what God says. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is when I believe what God says. I can have faith without knowing God. I just, I choose to believe that what God says is true. And I, I, I trust that. But hope is when I'm not just trusting what God said, but I'm trusting the person, the character of Christ. I trust him and I have confidence, not just in what was said, but in who said it. That's what hope is. It's confident expectation. And there are three, according to first Corinthians 13, faith. That's the intro into God. Hope is where we grow to, but then hope brings us to experiencing and living in the atmosphere of the love of God. And peace is the absolute certainty that God loves me and that he's in control and that it doesn't matter what's happening in this world. He's in control. And whatever he allows to happen to me is in his plan and that it's all going to be okay because all things work together for good to them that love God and you can't love God without first letting him love you. First John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. So all things work together for them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. And this is what God is doing for us. And then all of this is summed up with the, the, the ministry of the Holy Ghost to us with verse 5, which not only includes the ultimate, but it includes the means, and it also includes the foundation of receiving the love of God, and that is, and hope make it not a shame. Because when I go through those tribulations and I trust God, that gives me endurance. And when through my enduring, I learn to have, uh, I, I have experiences with God. And I know I learn to count on Him. And when I learn to count on Him and trust Him, I now have confidence in Him, not only just in what He said, but also in Him as, as a being the person of God, and and so that gives me confident expectation, and he's never going to let my hope, my confidence in him make me ashamed because it was misplaced. And this is what he says. Because, all of this, here he goes, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us this is what God is doing in our lives this is what God wants to do in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I pray that you receive the revelation of the love of God that you understand how much he loves you and that you would you're, you would, by revelation and experience, learn you can trust God and have confidence in him and that you might have hope in him that we might see the glory of God, the manifestation and the revelation of God in the earth. And we have a promise. His glory is going to fill the earth before the church leaves this earth. And that it can only happen through God. It, we can't produce that. It can only happen as God works through us 
as we let him do that. That is the love of God. God bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.